I've got a bit of a surprise for you today. We're doing a podcast swap. What is it? Well, you're going to have to listen, but it involves Matt Landau, his podcast Unlocked, and one of his favourite people, Linda Sylvester of Great Vacation Retreats in Honolulu. Listen up. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. I am super delighted to be with you. And we are just about to the end of our season. Woohoo, she says in this quiet voice because I've got no energy left. It's been an amazing season. It's had its ups and its downs and some humongous ups and some pretty large downs as well, but we've rolled with it all the way through the season. And I will be talking through some of those ups and downs before very long. I will bring you an episode that covers what we've learnt in the summer season of 2021 and what we'll be taking forward into the 2022 year. But that's not right now. Right now, I'm doing something different. And this was suggested to me by my friend Matt Landau of the Vacation Rental Marketing blog a few weeks ago. And we were chatting and he said, you know, there are so many podcasts out there, some not so good, some really, really good. And many of our friends are now doing podcasts, but you may not have heard of all of them. Some of them you may have heard of, but you haven't listened to. So what we decided to do and what Matt has been doing with some other podcasters already is to do what we're calling a podcast swap. And we're sharing our what we believe are our best episodes or the most interesting episodes fairly recently that we've done. And you get to listen to an episode from another podcast. So if you're not already subscribed to it, you'd be able to go over and do that. And hey, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. What I've got for you today is an episode of Unlocked, Matt Landau's podcast, where he's talking to Linda Sylvester of Great Vacation Retreats in Honolulu. And just like we're experiencing our ups and downs of the business, so Linda has experienced hers, but I'd say to a greater degree because hers involves acquisition and some pivoting and then a desire and strength to move back to her roots while she's still in that role. So without further ado, I am going straight over to Unlocked, Matt Landau and Linda Sylvester. I'm Matt Landau from VRMB.com, and this is Unlocked, Season 7, Unglamorous. This episode's brought to you by Point Central, the leaders in smart home automation, and Breezeway, a property care and operations platform. Linda Sylvester 
is one of my vacation rental heroines. She's got one of the clearest, fiercest understandings of what she likes, and it just so happens to be what guests are willing to pay good money for, and what homeowners are desperate to align themselves with. But here's the rub. Linda's expertise is not glamorous. Her solutions are not cookie cutter. So in Great Vacation Retreats, the company Linda helped grow from 20 to 70 properties, recently sold to a large vacation rental management company, she dreaded what came next. But instead of letting that dread stop her, Linda pinpointed the limited edition solutions that she was most proud of crafting over the years. And in this interview, we walk through that list. What happens next was a calculated set of moves that got Linda back to doing what she loves. Let's jump into this. You and I have known each other now for what feels like an eternity, right? A long time, yes. I feel like we have. I've visited your home. I've visited uh, your work. We've cooked together. We've cooked pork together. We've gone to conferences together. And yep. not that I want to make this interview all about me, but I'm curious, based on what you know of me and my professional vibes, what would you say is my superpower? Well, bringing the community together. But I think if I was going to think of one uh, incident that comes to mind for me was when we were in Toronto <laughs> together at Heather Bayer's conference and your presentation there um, on limited edition just was a wow for me. I thought, wow, I love this. I love being part of this. So I think you're just kind of bringing it all together on what a lot of us small company people want to create with vacation rentals. Well, I think that's such a perfect and natural tee up for what I believe your superpower is. And listeners, we did not prepare, plan, or stage that question at all. But Linda, I think your superpower is in being a limited edition vacation rental manager. And a lot of uniqueness goes into that, a lot of thought, a lot of strategy goes into that. Um, And we're going to dive into what I think you've learned over the years has become a pretty amazing formula for limited edition hospitality. Uh, But I first just like you to give a little people a little bit of context in how you first got your start with great vacation retreats in Kauai. When you live in Hawaii, you end up in a lot of different careers than you think you would have. And most of them obviously are tourist related. And I had worked in the timeshare industry for 17 years and found myself without a job. And one of the director of sales from timeshare knew Scott and Amy Grant, who owned Great Vacation Retreats, and he told me, you should apply with them. And they had a part-time job available, and I was going on a big trip, and so I said, thought, well, maybe a part-time job would work and they'd let me go. And I worked with them for two days, I think, and it became a full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) So they were, they had about 22 properties. And when you're in that 
in between stage, it's kind of hard to bring people on. And I think you, you know, are worried about how much it's going to cost and you're doing a lot yourself. And then you bring another person on and you realize how much help that can be. And so that's why it became full time. But they had to give me up for five weeks to go away about three or four months later. And uh, that's I just grew with them. We went from 22 to about 77, I think. We filmed the first ever episode of Sense of Place with you guys in Kauai at that incredibly memorable vacation home, Halemoku. And that was my big takeaway from that episode was that um, hiring what I've just come to refer to as a Linda (laughs) can (laughs) do so much for a small business that's looking to grow. And by the time you, so, so this was when you started in what year? 2011. And you guys grew to 70 properties and that was a very significant operation. No. Mm-hmm. Very, and very. How many employees are we talking? At our max, we had 13 when um, the pandemic hit. And we're talking Lots of repeat guests. We're talking happy, profitable owners. Yep. All 360 degree impressive business model, right? Exactly. Yeah. And what, what's happening to a lot of these really impressive vacation rental companies right now is a confluence of owners and managers that have created the business from the ground up, starting to get a little tired, starting to get stressed starting to burn out. Uh, I know because that happened to me with my vacation rental business and people who are looking to acquire new companies. And I'm curious, what was the initial feeling for you when Great Vacation Retreats got acquired? Uh, d- dread. <laughs> I mean, it was... <laughs> I I loved what we were doing and we had been hit by 2020. So it was kind of a double whammy. We went through 2020 with loads of cancellations and we were just starting to get this inundation of demand in Hawaii, which has continued to today. And um, we were going to have the probably, well, next year we would have had the most profitable year of any by far, I'm sure. And so when I heard that a big company had bought us, I just thought, oh, how am I going to keep us together with all of the good things that we've created and be able to continue doing them? So it was kind of a dread feeling. The initial feeling in a lot of new scenarios of the unknown is dread or fear because (laughs) you haven't really put a finger on it. Exactly. But you, the ever thoughtful vacation rental pioneer, put your thoughts to paper or more specifically email. And you shared with me what you felt were some of the most significant components of the limited edition business model that you guys had put together. And you were starting to be a little bit concerned about whether you would be able to preserve these items or not. And I was out to dinner the other night and someone gave me a very strange backhanded compliment. They said, Matt, 
you always like to facilitate awkward conversations. <laughs> and I said, why, thank you. <laughs> but when I started reading through this list of yours, Linda, I thought to myself, this is kind of awkward because there is a large company that has acquired what we thought was the baby. Um, and there are a lot of emotions that run beneath that, but there are also some very tangible things that if we put our finger on them, we can ultimately objectively either preserve within the, the growth of the company or for whatever reason, you know, gets passed by the wayside. So I was hoping I could facilitate this awkward conversation and, and I'd like to kick it off in you sharing your kind of overarching theme that had to do with the identity that you guys had built. Well, you know, it, it, over the 10 years, we had a lot of trial and error and, you know, set in procedures and processes to do a lot of things. And I think we had finally got to the point where we really had a personality at Great Vacation Retreats. And we, we were centering it around fun family and food because Amy and Scott are professional chefs. So um, we wanted to create the guest experience. And we, we really, we, not that the owners weren't incredibly important and we did a lot of things for the owners, but we felt like if the guest experience was unique, the owners would win and we would win. So we had got to a point that we were collecting a lot of interesting information about the guests and then being able to use it to make them feel like they were individuals and just not part of a big corporate experience. So it was it in, was it in preserving the ability to continue doing that, to continue doing that kind of observation and collection and curation hands-on? That and also being able to check everything because I found that my position was unique in that I had the ability to do those things that nobody ever had the time to do. So when you're in a reactive business, um, everybody's just scrambling to make sure that the guest experience goes really well. But my position was never really identified. I just kind of created it as we went along because I was doing the answering the phones and and answering the leads and that sort of thing when I first started. But as we got bigger and bigger, we had people being able to do that. So I was had the luxury of being able to track every single property and make sure that the Airbnb connection on the software was still working. If they did, they weren't getting reservations on Airbnb, I could go and look at them. So I was running numbers constantly on every single property and finding out if there were any problems. And one and then we were gathering all of the guest information on why they were coming, who they were coming with, and we were gifting them appropriately with the unique information we had. So um, my worry was that when you go with a big corporation, you don't necessarily get to sign into Airbnb. You don't see the back of the software. You can't go on the back of the website and add a little article because people have been asking about car rentals or whatever. That 
part of the personality I was afraid would disappear with a big company just because I wouldn't be able to be hands-on with monitoring the dynamic pricing or um, seeing every single review come into my uh, email and being able to ask somebody about it in the right amount of time and fixing problems and knowing I felt like they wouldn't be able to answer questions about Kauai and how close it is from one property to the beach and all of the real unique things that somebody wouldn't know unless they actually lived within the vacation rental area. So this, this list that you sent me, um, I kind of clustered, I reorganized a bit. Um, and I wanted to go through some of these clusters or groupings or themes. Again, components that you were really proud of, problems that you had solved in a, a unique way that could, without the right support, um, be in danger. And I'd like to start with team. Because I know you've learned a lot about the way that your staff is organized and treated. We were known as a company that you wanted to work for. Um, One of our local competitors lost an employee because she heard about us from reputation and came to work with us. And she was phenomenal. And I think what Scott and Amy and did with our team was very, very unique to most companies. We were in, they had us to their house for lunch every day. Uh, Not every day, every week. We would go once a week and have lunch. Every day would have been nice, but we didn't have that kind of time. (laughs) We ended up doing it every other week when we got bigger. But that having everybody from maintenance, housekeeping, marketing, all coming together and breaking bread for an hour once a week is really, really powerful. And if you're in the owner's home, I think you feel part of a family. They, um, If somebody had an appointment, it wasn't some any big deal. They just had to realize that they needed to be covered and they could go to an appointment. We had everybody on salary, so we didn't count hours. Everybody got paid 40 hours a week because most of them worked 45 hours a week and they'd stay when they needed to. They had to come in late. They could come in late. Um, if they wanted to go on vacation, we stopped tracking vacation time. Um, we, we were in a, a, a real family supportive situation. And I, and I think, I was afraid of growing much bigger, actually. And I think we came to the conclusion that that 13 people was about pushing it. And we had a lot of loyalty there. Whether we could move it to the next size and continue that was a bit doubtful. But I think at the size we were and to just become more and more effective and have great employees that you can pay well, that one employee might do the work of one and a half employees that aren't as good. And it, I think we really, really managed to succeed in that. And that's part of the limited edition mindset is drawing some kind of upper boundary and determining what are, what is the property count that you cannot surpass in order to preserve the intimacy, the relationship And the vacation rental industry is famous for its new um, problems, like 
there are not best practices for every um, dilemma just yet. In fact, a lot of times people are creating them on the fly. And you guys create, you guys solved three operational challenges um, in very unique ways. And the first one has to do with the way in which you were charging your owners, which does not sound very cookie cutter to me. We, um, we charge kind of the middle of the road commission um, in Hawaii. P- the normal commissions are between 25 and 35%. And we were at 30%. There are some companies that don't do very much and they'll charge 15. And there are some companies when you add everything together, they're at 50. But for the general um, practices in Hawaii, we were right about in the middle. And one of the things we didn't want to be known for is nickel and diming. And we did do a lot of things that um, we would put on the owner statements as a zero charge, just so the owners were aware. But we didn't charge for changing the air conditioning filters. We didn't charge for bringing the garbage out for the homes and putting the cans back in. And um, we were able to charge on the quarter um, quarter hour for maintenance because we had in-house maintenance. And um, there were just a a lot of little, we didn't charge for marketing. We didn't charge for photography. We didn't charge for our smart locks. We had all of that built into our commission structure. So that was one of my concerns was that we would um, have all of these charges for the owners and they would freak out with the new company. And just to clarify, you had these items that were marked zero dollars. You were assigning a value to them, but letting the owner know that you were taking care of it. Is that the idea? Exactly. We wanted to know the owners, let the owners know that we had been to their property and something had been done at their property. We did maintenance checks for free. Um, We tried to do them quarterly. Now, if something in the maintenance check needed to be fixed, we would charge them for parts and labor, but not for the, the maintenance check itself. So we wanted the owners to be able to see that, oh, they were in our property, they were doing a maintenance check, or they were changing our AC filter. So we know that was done, but they also weren't charging it for us. So I think, I think um, just, I think owners feel more confidence if they really feel that you're present and and in their properties. And at, at my level, I wasn't going into the properties often. I mean, I'd been in all of them and I did an, on occasion, but they at least knew that somebody from Great Vacation Retreats was there and that I was aware that their property was being maintained and kept up. I love that as a way of solving what's otherwise a, a tricky relationship problem. Uh, you mentioned photos and I know you had um, you had an incredible photo project that was kind of peaking. Yes. Um, Give us a snapshot of that because a lot of that is in allocating resources, but a lot of it is also in um, workflow. A lot of companies have a 
big problem with photos because what they do is they, they hire a professional photographer to photograph the property when you take it on. And then it really never gets photographed again because it's awkward once it's up and running because you've got guests in and out and to get a professional photographer to take a picture of the new couch is difficult. So we had a independent person that Carrie who worked for us and she did um, our newsletters, which were phenomenal. And she did some of our marketing and our social media. And she also was there for photos. So when we, and the other thing we, we were just moving all of our properties onto experience photos because um, she got really good at creating photos that had the feel that somebody was there having a good time in the property, but it could be anyone. So there might be a croquet game on the lawn being played or some wine being drank outside or we during the work working from um, the properties became extremely important even before 2020. So we were setting up computers on the table on the lanai with a cup of coffee and people could imagine themselves working there. Mm. So lifestyle um, vibes, lifestyle. And so what I did is I had a, a Google sheet for Carrie and anytime I was reviewing all the properties on the different, um, websites to make sure that like if somebody asked if there's a washer and dryer, I would think, oh, that's a funny question. I, I thought we had a picture of the washer and dryer. Oh my goodness, we don't have a picture of the washer and dryer. What other pictures could be improved upon? And then I and then Carrie and I would find an opening and she would go in and take these photos. So it took a great amount of our time in coordinating it, but it was incredibly worth it because in the long run, you got less questions, you overcame objections for people to book and people knew what they were getting. And we were probably about 70% in success. We still, 2020 really kind of hit us in the knees. So everything stopped. But when we um, were up and going and starting to take them again, um, by probably by the beginning of next year, we would have been totally up to date on all our photos showing every um, benefit of every property with the personality in each property with food. We'd, we do a breakfast and Amy would sometimes go over and cook. We were about to do gourmet kitchen photos so that we showed unique kitchen items that a property had because a lot of people do a lot of cooking in the properties and as you know and so we just wanted to showcase each property as having um a being a wonderful place to stay and when we look at um the limited edition sort of checklist there are ways to do this kind of um hospitality that are just channeling your uniqueness and your personality and then there's other ways to check it off, which are kind of just like, almost like amenities or things that you include that ooze personality. And I think when I visited, one of the things that really struck me about a company of your size was that you were doing these really boutique-y soaps. Share with folks the, the soap 
project? Oh, the soap, the soap was awesome. It was expensive. I mean, it was about almost $70 a gallon. But we from Island Soap and Candle, which is a Kauai company, we bought gallons of um, liquid soap, shampoo, conditioner, lotions, and we had 16 ounce bottles with pumps with great vacation retreats on the bottle. And we put the, um, the soap company on the other side, it was Canada Island soap and candle company on the other side. And we would fill up the soaps and people would never have to re repurchase when they were here. And they all had the scent of, um, peacocky or mango I mean very tropical very high quality and it was absorbed into the cost of the cleaning so it it ended ended up as we kind of zeroed in on costs of each item it ended up being paid for but the guest the guest comments on those soaps and lotions were uh, worth so much in in goodwill I remember both the soaps uh, I read on the back and I was like, huh, I want to go to this shop. And I did. And I bought some soap to take home. And the juices that you had gifted uh, me in the refrigerator, uh, we won't go down the whole wow gifts. If anyone wants to see Linda's methodology on that, you should watch episode one of Sense of Place. But I remember the juices were so great. And I went and supported that local juice company and bought who knows how many juices for several more events that we had. Is that just kind of like a way also to stay connected with the local community? We we really, really had some great um, relationships with many of the local companies to, we wanted to give the on-island companies business and then also by giving them business, they would receive more business from the guests when they were here on island. And for example, we have one condominium complex that we were managing about, oh, I don't know, almost 20 properties. And there was a a little, it's called Little Fish, and it's a coffee place right across the street from it. And every guest that stayed across the street would get a $5 certificate to go to Little Fish. And so, and they, and it gave, and Little Fish loved it. And they allowed us to have a lockbox on their, the side of their building because there were key problems at that condo. And it, so it worked. There was a lot of reciprocity with many of the local companies and us. Dynamic pricing is one of these areas for huge growth for vacation rental managers. Uh, but it's also not the kind of thing that you could just flip on and forget about it. You need to include an element of human judgment. In fact, the best dynamic pricers that I've ever come across are humans who use the tool uh, as a sort of support. Uh, what, what was your kind of style that you had developed that you wanted to preserve? Pricing was my passion. And I had been looking at dynamic pricing packages for me- many, many years. And discovered that they were pretty ineffective 10 years ago, you know, even seven years ago. So I was actually doing dynamic pricing by hand and it would take about 20 hours a week for me to do it. So it was a huge undertaking. And I did that for about a year before 
we engaged in dynamic pricing and the dynamic can I can I plug the dynamic pricing company because they were phenomenal. Yes, of course. Well, we ended up with beyond pricing and I, I was just, I couldn't be more impressed about any other software company. It's number one in my book. And we used a lot of software, but even with beyond pricing, I still felt like I had a, a lot to contribute because I was able to go in and think, okay, yes, supply and demand is driving this property to be 1500 uh, night at Christmas time. But somebody's not going to be happy when they get here paying 1500. So in that case, I might lower it down to a thousand or something. And in other cases, there were times that just the algorithms themselves are not enough to predict the pricing. They might get it right 90% of the time, but somebody's got to be just monitoring it. And and it, I was fanatical about it. So I was monitoring it on a weekly basis. But even if you were monitoring it at, on a monthly or even three every three months, you'd, you'd pick up on some of the things because you know your market better than anybody does. And so that was also a big fear of mine when we got taken over by a big corporation or, or sold to a big corporation because I was... I felt like I wouldn't have that hands-on with the pricing. And when I looked at their website, I actually noticed that their pricing was too low. Now, they weren't using Beyond Pricing. They, I don't know what they were using, some other dynamic pricing. It might have been their own because they were so big. So I think I did, I, that was a real hard one for me. I didn't want to give up that ability to go in and, and perfect the pricing. <laughs> And you also used to regularly look back at um, previous years, right? And you're forecasting in order to make these decisions. Oh, yeah. What I what I did is I had an Excel sheet that I would keep up on one of my monitors for most of the time. And what it did was it showed the annual revenue and the number of nights booked and the average um nightly rate on every single property, and then it would compare them. So what I was looking at is how much is this property up over last year? And if I'm getting most of my properties are up 15%, but this one property is only up 2%, then I'm going in and I'm looking at the Airbnb ad, I'm looking at the Verbo ad, I'm looking at the pictures, I'm looking at the reviews. What we would do is if we had a new property and we it wasn't getting the revenue or any new property, whether it was getting revenue or not, we would make sure that every single guest was gifted in a special way until we had seven um, reviews. And I would do that for each platform. So I'd run the numbers. And if we had like our fifth Verbo guest coming in for that property, I would put in the notes, gift, make sure there's a gift so that we had that reciprocity with every single um, guest and review because um, I, because I could see it in the numbers. So the numbers told me a lot. I could tell when things were going really well, I could figure out why, and I could also catch anything that was wrong 
um, before it became a really big problem. And that was by running the numbers at least once a week. And I often did them daily because it was quick and I liked to do them. So just to be sure on this, I want to make sure that listeners understand it. If I'm not mistaken, you'd keep your eye on any property that was new to an OTA, Airbnb or Verbo, for instance. And you're trying to reach the magic number of seven five-star reviews on that platform. And you're gifting, you're allocating a pay, an investment. You're gifting these guests that will help you reach that magic seven until you reach it. Is that correct? Exactly. And then after that, we would gift when we knew something special, like they had graduated from medical school or they're coming for an anniversary or a baby moon. Or, But we didn't gift everybody and every property because that was more expensive or it also made the average gift lower. We actually made more impactful gifts Um because of situations. But before we had the seven, we made sure that everybody got some sort of special gift. And gifts are, are another weird one that don't, are not cookie cutter by any means. In fact, they're very sort of unique and you need to be understand where that investment today pays off tomorrow. I know you also had, uh, you were gifting vendors as well, right? We, we gifted vendors, we gifted realtors, and we gifted owners. And that was a very, very important thing that we did because so many people help you be successful, whether it's a manager at a condominium that opens the door for your guest when they can't get in rather than making them call the office and go through all the rigmarole or a plumber that went out of their way to help you on a Christmas or whatever. They remember if you gave them a $20 steak knife set with your logo on it or, you know, a special salt and hand carved container to keep the salt. And so, um, we went on a regular basis uh, at Christmas. We would buy a bunch of gifts. And then throughout the year, if we, we would say, give that person, you know, take them a gift. And sometimes we'd buy them gift certificates. And many, many of the vendors that we told would gift said that we were the only people that ever um, showed them any appreciation. So, and it doesn't, it doesn't, I was going to say, it doesn't have to be a gift. I mean, if people are worried about cost, I think it's worth the cost of, you know, 15 or $20 to gift. I think it will pay off many, many times. But even just writing a note and having somebody deliver a note, just acknowledgement. These people have such difficult jobs and they're so stressful at times. And they and it makes you stand out as a company. And the next owner that walks up to them and says, um, "Do you have? I'm not happy with my management company. Do you have anybody to refer?" They they automatically feel good about you because they know that they're appreciated. Mm. And a lot of this, when it comes to guests is manifested in reviews, as you mentioned earlier. And you, you built kind of a unique process for getting good reviews that was, I think, pretty bespoke. 
the gifting definitely is the number one impact. Um, when they write uh, six months before they come, that they're coming for their 25th wedding anniversary, or they're celebrating life because they survived cancer, or just any, or their child had struggled and, and got through high school or whatever. The fact that we would remember that six months later and they would forget that they had told us made a huge impact. And we would do things like buy a birthday cake at the grocery store and have a helium balloon. And that is a lot of, of, figuring out how you're going to get it done. But the wow, when they walk in and there's a birthday cake there and a balloon and they, they didn't remember telling us is like magic for these people. So all of, we would, we would continue to do as much as we could for the guests and also set a way of the guests to be able to communicate any problems they had with us. So we would start with the communication of the, well, we had the guest portals with really unique and beautiful information. So they, they could find out how to drive to their property, how to check in any information on beaches, anything that would be appropriate for here. So the information so that it was seamless for them to have their vacation. But we also had uh, texting and we found that the texting was huge because if they had a problem, they might not want to pick up the phone, but they would text us. And if we took care of it immediately, they may mention it in the review, but it was a, it was like a baby negative and a huge positive because they'd say something like we had a problem, but great vacation retreats was there to take care of it right away. You know, so those, those, the communication was a big part of our success with the guests and the gifting. And then the other thing we did that I think a lot of people don't do anymore and we didn't give it up was we would put a paper in the condo that would, we called it our dog sheet because it had a funny picture of a dog on it just for fun. But we would ask them, you know, have they got any problems? How was the cleaning? Um, Did they know if they booked direct next time it would be cheaper? That sort of thing. But it was amazing. There were a few other questions on there. And if anybody wants to know, I can share them with them later. And folks, we did follow up and have included Linda's Rate Your Stay review template in the show notes. And I'll take this chance just to point out how many of these secret sauce techniques are not elegant. They're not clean, swooping solutions. They're sort of jerry-rigged. They're homemade and, and sometimes they're not efficient. But, and here's what I'd like you to listen for as Linda continues, they work. The main thing with that was the maintenance items would get written down and most of them were very small. But I think when the people got to the review, they felt like they had already taken care of the problems on that piece of paper and they were less likely to mention them in the review. Yeah. It's like the, the, the 
emotion or whatever it was causing them wasn't bottled up. It had been expressed. It had been let out like a little pressure release valve. And therefore, when it was time to actually open the pressure cooker, it doesn't explode on you. Exactly. This was a a pretty unique process for generating great reviews, which is an important part of your business. Were you answering them as well? We didn't answer every single glowing review. We had so many of them. Um, We answered any that were three star or less for sure. And Amy was very good about not sounding defensive in those, which um, I was learning to do. (laughs) And (laughs) when somebody took the time to do a phenomenal review, you you know how people will really write something and you can tell they thought about it and put their heart and soul into it, we would surprise them with a gift basket from Island Soap and Candle. It was like $25 or $30 and Island Soap and Candle would send them a gift basket. And that was a guest that had already come here, had gone, may never, ever come back. And that was very powerful as well, because those people, even if they didn't come back, they're going to remember you and, and, and tell their friends about you. So we also did that. And so was this all kind of predicated on you receiving all of the reviews when they came in? Exactly. Because I, I read We also had a Facebook page for every single property. So what I would do is I'd get the reviews. I'd find out the the incident if I didn't know about it, if I couldn't find out in the notes. For the most part, our notes were very good. They Our people in our office took phenomenal notes. So I could usually tell from the notes what went on and so I could answer them. But it also, um, I would post the, the good reviews on um, Facebook and I would send them to the owners. And that gave me a connection with the owners. So they were getting a review, you know, every week or couple times a week, sometimes on um, their property, because they're not always, most of the owners are not looking up the reviews on Airbnb and Verbo and on your website. And I got a lot of positive feedback. And I think the owners felt very connected because they were hearing from me frequently and it wasn't any big long letter or anything. It was just a review. So they, um, they, they were connected as well to the whole process that way. And stepping a little bit back out, uh, when we look at someone like you, a key player, uh, I think you've developed a really neat set of things that you do outside of the business itself, whether it's helping organize charitable events in the community or industry associations, your participation in those sorts of things. How do you, how, how do you think, we justify that kind of thing on paper. Well, the the associations were really, really um, important. Um, the real estate board we belong to, and I think getting to know the realtors is very key to success in our business. So when I'm a broker and Amy's a broker, so when we would take continuing ed, we would take them in person when we could. And so that we got a chance to meet the realtors. We also would have booths at their 
they had a, a kind of like a mini convention twice a year where they'd all get together for a lunch and we'd have a booth to talk about. One year we talked about our smart locks. Uh, I always told them that I do income projections for them. Um, and so just to get our name out there, because we weren't the largest company in our area, but we were, we wanted to be well known so that they would definitely refer us to their clients. And then the, the charity, we um, had four different charitable, local charitable um, organizations that we gave to, for example, the um, women's shelter would get sheets and towels that were slightly stained or torn. Um, we would give them food. We, we had a dentist's office in our shopping center. So they, they would give us all the dental packs with the toothbrushes and the, all of that kind of stuff that the dentist gives. And every, every three months um, we would actually every four months we would, we would rotate the different um, charities and we would, give things to them. And some of the things were we were collected from our employees or from businesses, some things Scott and Amy generously would just purchase at Costco. We'd have a bunch of food products that they needed. And the different organizations, I think they get missed and they get helped just at Christmas and and Thanksgiving that we had bags for the food bank and all of our properties so that people could donate any extra food because the housekeepers get it, but there's only so much that they can use. So sometimes guests would actually buy extra or when they go to Costco, they have too much stuff, but they know that it's going to go to the Kauai food bank. So that was a big part of our um, being part of the community. And I think it's very important for us all to be part of the community because many people think of vacation rentals, rental companies as a negative, and we really aren't. And when they see that kind of stuff, it kind of changes their perspective. Um, you put so much thought into this list and listeners, I haven't even covered all of them. I just kind of handpicked some of my favorite, most poignant ones. Uh, and you ultimately decided not to continue on with the new company. Uh, I'm just curious, what, if anything, have you learned in this process? I, my passion is small, smaller company. Um, I did end up going with another inner circle member with Kaloa Kai with Jed Stevens, and I'm going to be working with him on a, a slightly different level than I did for um, Great Vacation Retreats. But with great with the new company that purchased, a lot of the analytical and really unique parts of the my role in what I've kind of shared with you wasn't going to be possible with a big company because the big company answers the leads. The big company is answering the phone. The big company is monitoring the pricing, the marketing. Um, so there wasn't the opportunity for me to feel like I was the driving force. And 
I felt like our properties are just in a mix with everybody else's properties so that they would think, oh, that's great vacation retreats. I want to stay with them. It was just like, it was almost like, oh, that's Airbnb. I want to stay with Airbnb. Whereas we all know that there's no such thing as an Airbnb, you know, Um, it just had that no matter how personal you try to be, there is a size that you get to that I, I kind of think it's impossible to be personal. Yeah, it's almost like the, the DNA of the company is either the small or it's the large. And places in between get kind of weird. But then again, I'm known as the facilitator of weird. So I guess it's fitting that we're talking about this. Linda, stepping one step back from all of that, when you look at the vacation rental industry as a whole, what is your advice to the limited edition, the small, the family, the boutique uh, in this sort of time of sea change? Just stay in touch with your customers and try and collect the information that's unique to their experience and do something with it. Even if it's just a written note to say, I'm so glad that you recovered from cancer and that you're able to be here with us and have a wonderful time. Just anything that acknowledges your client as having a special circumstance goes a huge long way. Get to know your guests, collect their information, and do something with it. What a simple yet powerful strategy for any listener. The smaller you are, the fewer guests you host, the better. As Linda mentioned, we've included her guest review paper template, the one with the dog on it, along with all the show notes and links referenced, which you can download at vrmb.com slash 111. And if you enjoyed this interview and Linda's balanced problem solving at an awkward crossroads, join her and people like Jed Stevens and our other Unlocked podcast guests in VRMB communities where we're solving these kinds of problems and we're doing it together. You can register at community.vrmb.com. Until next time. was great thank you matt landau and linda sylvester and i think just such a great idea that matt had of doing this podcast swap because there's so many podcasts out there that are really really great that you may or may not have heard of you may or may not have subscribed to so i really encourage you to go over to vrmb.com and subscribe to the unlocked podcast or go to whichever podcast app that you use and subscribe there so that you don't miss another episode of Unlocked. And there you'll have a whole catalogue to go back through and check over. Matt is such a great interviewer that it was, it's always an absolute pleasure to listen to his episodes.
So that's it for me, from Matt, from Linda today. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for having us all in your ear and I'll see you again soon. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.